0: thank you so much and be seated Uh, I appreciate that we do get a little more exercise in church so if you have enjoyed standing and sitting a little more uh, I didn't want you to feel that you are attending some other church that does that a lot however it is good to know that we revere scripture and it's good to review it once in a while my name is Mike Stevenson and I'm new here raise your hand if you have been here Two months or more. Oh, see. Okay, raise your hand. Two months or less. Oh, you're my people, my people. Okay, good, good. Welcome to church. In, when I say church, I mean a building. When I say church, I mean us as people sitting around from, from every nation and kindred, tongue and people, God calls His people to come together and to be around His Word. Now, understand that His Word also is a name for who? Kids know this. For Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the one who spoke, who said, I don't say anything except that my Heavenly Father tells me to say it. Can you say that this week? I know I can't. Did you say things this week that you did not get from God? Okay, so then that is really the second reason that I'm looking for when I ask people, uh, why do you come to church? Some people are like, Pastor, you should be asking why they don't come to church. Why? That's really the first other question that I ask, but I'll tell you about that one later. Why do you come to church? I'm hoping you come to church. I'm hoping you got up this morning and said, I have got to be in church today because you decided, number one, you wanted to meet with God and number two, you wanted to meet with his people. You wanted to have the opportunity to raise someone else's up and, and say, you know what, my walk this week was not perfect. I did not represent Jesus correctly. And so I need your help. By coming here this morning, we all recognize that we're on a journey, and that we all need each other's help. It's the one thing, and I'm going to look into the camera while I say this, camera people, it's the one thing you won't get if you stay at home. <laughs> okay, so just know that you, you, you may think, oh, I can just stay in my jammies, I get my coffee, I can just sit and I can watch the program and I can say, yes pastor I know what you said last week but then I can tell you this pastor is going to say, but did you have the opportunity to pray with somebody at church last week and if you say no then I'm sorry you probably didn't get the blessing that God intended for you to have Because, you see, it's not just about what you're going to get. Some of you have already gotten it. How many of you came to Sabbath school this morning? Sabbath school, yes. Great. I made a convert of at least one person. Mike, say amen. Okay? He was looking for a place where you could discuss things and where we didn't have to agree. Guess what, folks? There is a place like that every Sabbath. It's called Sabbath school. And I challenge you to come to Sabbath school and to disagree with your teacher. That's why they call it synagogue. It's an opportunity that has been a tradition, a Judeo-Christian tradition forever for the opportunity of coming together and bringing your ideas and bringing their ideas and saying, you know what, we're on this journey together and as, a, as we're on this journey together, I may come up, I may be inspired with something that, that I'm going to try out on you and let's see whether God inspired you with the same thing. We get a chance. It's free, by the way. We don't charge for Sabbath school. And by the way, we don't... We, we, we only help Linda Scotter with a little bit of money, but we do not pay the rest of our, our Sabbath school group who just put on. You see that show that they did for you? That was seven weeks. Family, let me, let me be very clear. When you bring your children, we will be ready. And if we don't have what you need, let me know, and we will make sure, because you see... Uh, Some time ago, you may have been here at church when somebody was up front with a little tiny baby, just born. What did you do? You made a contract. (coughs) You said, we will help you take care of your kids. Do you remember that? Whoever was, you know, uh, not baptizing, but whoever was... Whoever was blessing that child that they did did they not ask the congregation congregation will you help this this couple raise this kid yes. okay and you said yes so as a congregation we keep that promise every Sabbath when we have a Sabbath school for your children where they will learn about the God of heaven about the God of creation and they will do so learning texts like they did today uh, let's see Let's see, where's, uh, maybe I can pick on Catherine, or maybe Catherine's gone away. Catherine usually knows her memory verse. Maybe uh, Austin uh, knows his memory verse today. It's about obeying your parents, right, Austin? Obey your parents. They were learning Colossians 3 today. Obey your parents. Now, in this case, obey your grandparents. Okay, thank you, grandparents. Thank you for bringing your children we hope to have a great Sabbath school like that for your kids every, every week. The reason, folks, the reason for this is because of the big story. The big story, uh, or, or as, you know, the, the really learned people, of which I am, I'm not really, uh, but I try to be sometimes. The really learned people call it the, are you ready? You can impress all your friends this week. Are you ready? The meta-narrative. You can just sidle up to them and say, "Uh, do you know the (laughs) meta-narrative? And they're going to go, dude, man, get some coffee. You've been on something. Okay. Yeah. Do you know the big story? That's simply what it means. The overarching big story. Now, we do have people who work for the uh, entertainment industry here today, and, and they're here most weeks, and and I'm I'm just going to laugh at them for a moment. So if you work for the entertainment industry, I'm laughing at you because your writers can't come up with anything better than the big story. Have you noticed? Every one of the great movies that we have enjoyed over the last 10, 20 years always are about the big story. There's, there's good, and then there's evil, and good and evil must fight, and then there's a hero that comes and saves the day, be it Spider-Man or Superman or these Marvel movies that have come up. Have you noticed that they are telling the great controversy story again and again and again again? This whole world is in in a, a situation where it feels the need for a superhero. I give you Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate and the original superhero. And they have never been able to come up with a better story. Have you noticed that? It's got to be good versus evil, you've got to have a villain, you've got to have a hero, and then you've got to put it all together. And you know what I like about the Marvel movies and the DC comics and so on, because they're from a different era? Good wins. If you notice that, the movies that came out in like the 80s and the 90s, eh, you weren't so sure whether good... I'm gonna take a hit at Star Wars here. I know I love Star Wars in some ways, but in Star Wars, mmm, not so sure that good wins. Have you noticed that? I tell my Buddhist friends. This is more like Buddhist or Hindu theology. If you look at the theology in Star Wars, it's not particularly Christian. Okay, that doesn't mean that we should bash it, but I'm just saying be aware now, when it's Narnia, we know Aslan is on the move, and Aslan wins. Why? Because it's written by a Christian who knows the meta-narrative, who knows the big story. Well, in the big story, you've got to remember that there was a creator God who created two people, and he, he gave them the garden, and then uh, before he created them, of course, he, he had to have a special plant. And his special plan was in place specifically if there was a decision made by his creatures to join the existing rebellion in the universe. Yes, Satan and his rebellion against God pre-existed the creation of the world. And should, should uh, Adam and Eve decide to go over to the dark side, uh, there had to be a plan in order to rescue them or to give them the opportunity to be rescued. And so that was put in place even before. And then, as we've read this morning, which I, I wanted us to read, I, uh, my Greek teacher used to tell me that the reason he gave us writing exercises was so that we could take in the Greek, not only through the eye gate, not only by saying it through the ear gate. So this, today you've had an experience where you've seen scripture, you have heard scripture. It would be really great if I gave you a piece of paper right now and you had to write five times Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 20. If you do that, then you're going to memorize. You're going to go through the hand gate. It's going to be imprinted upon your memory. I can tell you this. When you have it imprinted upon your memory, the Holy Spirit can then touch that memory and he can bring it back to life in that moment when you need it. Is there a reason that the Pathfinders teach, keep the morning watch? Which means, read your Bibles, sing the Christian songs, sing the Bible if you must. In fact, the entire Bible was meant to be sung. Take me to a synagogue today, and instead of a preacher, you will hear a cantor. And the cantor will sing the scriptures. It helps you remember. You see those pictures of the Hasidic uh, Jewish people and they're moving like this. You know, that's a rhythm. There is a rhythm to scripture. It's poetry. It's, It's music. If you want to remember the words, sing them. Sing them over again and again. This God, the one that we know from creation, creates a world in a specific order so that everything is ready for Friday afternoon. He does so because the crown of his creation is going to be a a being that is like him and that will have characteristics like him uh, and, and that will be able to respond to him in the way that, that, that he would, would th- think about and would create in the moment, but it would not actually be him pulling the strings. So you have this, this piece that God created called choice. God puts into his creatures choice. He puts into his human creatures choice. And my friends, this this is the thing that I can't understand about God. If if he didn't want us to mess up, why did he give us choice? Because it's a God-like characteristic to be able to choose. The beasts of the field or, or even the beasts in the forest cannot choose. They act on instinct. He went one step beyond, in fact a big step beyond, it's called your frontal cortex, he went a big step beyond to give us the ability to create and to be like him. I think he did this for his own pleasure. Can you imagine the pain that God feels when we choose on a daily basis, according to Isaiah, when we choose to go our own way with those assets? And the things that we do and the things that we say do not bring him glory. In fact, they poke him in the eye, and the devil just laughs and says, I told you so. They're following themselves a.k.a. me. This is the big story, my friends. This has been the story. It still is the story. And so here we go. The God of creation. A while ago, the Adventist church was called into existence. And they were called into existence to give a particular part of the story. So if you don't know why you're sitting here on a Sabbath... You have some distant relationship to the Adventist Church. Let me clarify for you this morning. The Seventh day Adventist Church was called into existence to give a particular part of the story. It's a part of the end of the story, it's a kind of a a ding 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 bell, last chapter, last call. This book is about to be over. This particular part of the story of earth is about to be over. And then also in, in that call to bring people back to the God of creation. To bring people back to the, the big story. This is why, I tell you, this is why I'm excited that these movies that are out there in the public are actually, uh, I think, helping people's appetite for the big story to become more and not less. I don't know if if this is a, a plot by the evil one to get people not to think about God, but I think it's having the opposite effect more and more people are, th- are realizing that they need something outside of themselves. They cannot just depend on themselves. They cannot just do things the way that they have done in the past. Very interesting phenomenon. I think it's going on in the politic, pol- pol- political realm. I think it's going on in the entertainment realm. I think it's going on in, in our uh, geopolitical Realm, there is a need for a hero. And so you have in Revelation chapter 14, verse verses 6 to 6 to 12, if you want to look at those really quick. Pull your phone out, pull your Bible out in front of you. Revelation 14, 7 is the first angel's message. And this this has been emblazoned upon the Adventist Church as sort of the cornerstone of of why we exist. So, folks, if if you're a short-time Adventist, if you're a long-time Adventist, if you're a a person who's never been an, an Adventist, which simply means somebody who's looking forward to the second coming of Jesus, then look at this and realize that this is why I chose today to talk to you in the beginning part of my time as pastor in the Santa Clarita Church that we need to understand why we are Adventists, why we are living, uh, going to church on a a Saturday so inconvenient for so many people. Everybody else goes to church on Sunday, Pastor. Why can't we do that? Well, watch. First angel's message. Read it with me. And I saw flying in mid-heaven an angel, and he had what? The everlasting. the everlasting. He had the big story, folks. He had the big story. And what did he do? Saying to the? Those who live on the earth. Okay, that's us. What? Fear God. Fear God. Okay, now I've got to stop you there and, and just say, and I'll, I'll do another sermon another time, but it's going to connect And it's going to be so cruel. And you can do it this afternoon. See if the Holy Spirit gives you the same thing he's given me. Because he certainly can. Psalm 23 verse 4 says. Even though I walk through the what? The valley valley of the shadow of death. Guess what? This is not the Santa Clarita Valley. This is the valley of the shadow of death. People died this week. You could die this week. We live under the shadow of death. So yes, you live in the valley of the shadow of death. Okay? Even though I live in the valley of the shadow of death, what does David say? Come on now, fist pump. I will fear. I will not fear. fear. Okay? So then why in 14.7 does it say to fear? I'm going to say, you're on the right track. Pay attention. Pay attention. That's what it means. Pay attention. In the in twenty four uh, uh, Psalm twenty three four it says, "I will not pay attention." I will not pay attention to the evil empire. In in, in fourteen seven it says, "I will pay attention to the." God of the universe. By the way, what does it say next? Fear God. Which God? The God who created. Because you see, there are multiple gods. Yes? And I'm looking at them. That's the big story. That's what takes us back to Genesis chapter 3, when, when Eve said, yes, yes. <laughs> I will be my own God. Isn't that what Satan offered her? Do you really believe God's going to kill you? Oh, you're too beautiful for that. You should, just, you should just be your own God. Oh, really? Huh. Maybe I'll try it. She eats the apple. She disobeys she enthrones herself in her own mind and my friends we do too again isaiah all we like sheep have enthroned ourselves as our own god see why we need a hero see why we need a savior because we can't save ourselves. We are already lost. It's over for us. We cannot save ourselves. We need someone outside of ourselves to save. And so the angel flies over heaven and says, I have the big story, and in the big story, there is a God, and his, he is the God that made heaven and earth. This is his delineation. This is his, his uh, signature, is that he made heaven and earth. There was a leader of a very large Christian organization. He resigned. So there's another leader now who said you can be part of that christian organization and believe in evolution very convenient for that organization because they teach that they change things from saturday to sunday and it's because of them Yeah, you can be a Christian in their organization. You can be a Christian and believe in evolution. Very convenient because, you see, it takes the God of creation out of the picture. Don't have to listen to him anymore because it's our authority that you need to listen to now. And therefore, uh, you know, if you listen to us and if you believe in us, then you're you're fine because we determine whether or not you're going to be saved. Very convenient, I must admit, very well thought out, philosophically correct, very convenient, but completely completely not biblical <laughs> so here you have creation, and I, I want you to know that 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 uh, i I am a bible believing pastor I want you to know that I believe in a six day creation and that people who would like to say, oh, but maybe it was six long periods of time. Or, no, I want to believe in evolution. I've got one thing to say to these poor people and that is, are you seriously going to put God in a box? Are you seriously going to limit God to just having the same amount of intelligence as you? Now I know you're smart. You might be, you know, off the charts. You might be mensa. But are you do, are, do you have the audacity to say that you're going to limit your God to only what you can believe and understand? Six days. Okay. I'm going to say that by believing that it's exactly as it says in Scripture that he creates evening and morning, by the way. evening's the beginning of the day in the Bible. Evening and morning, evening and morning. I'm going to say that by believing it as he says that it happened, sh- says that he can do whatever he wants. And that by not believing means that there are possibly other things that we don't believe God can do. So I just have one question. How big is your God? Because I need, I want you to know that I realize I am lost. I cannot save myself. I need a really big God. To solve all the problems in the world, I need a big God. And to say that, that no, 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 he, he, he couldn't have done it in six days. That's, that's limiting. That's limiting my God. What else are you saying that he can't do? Are you saying he can't save me? you saying he can't put this, this fractured world back together like Humpty Dumpty? Are you saying he can't do that? Well, I, I don't know if that's a God I want to believe in. So along comes, along comes Revelation. God said. Says, shows John that there's an angel that's flying in mid-heaven, and he has, a, has the big story, and the big story is there is a God. There is a God who can be big enough to solve the problems of the world. I want a God like that. I want to believe in a God like that. I believe everybody else needs a God like that too, because you see, I think that when he put us together, through Adam and Eve. And then, of course, all of us are, if you again believe the scriptures in Genesis chapters 6 through 9, you know that there was a flood and that we're all descended from Mama and Daddy Noah as well. Shem, Ham, Japheth, Japheth. We're all descended from one of those three guys. We're all wired, I believe, we're all wired to worship. Even the rock song says, you're going to worship somebody. Those other songs say, you're going to love somebody. And the latest one says, I just love your body. (laughs) Ladies, I think you should call up the radio station and say, get that off the station. That is so stupid. You're not going to love my mind. You just want my body. You could be this automaton, and you'd love my body. Come on! What a, what, a, what a devaluation. Women, I don't think you should put up with that. Because you are made by the creator God of the universe, and you have a brain. Amen. You're going to worship somebody, that's one reason I believe we need a big God. And the second is that all of us, crave relationship. Now some very strange people much prefer to be on their own. But let me tell you, they even have to get together with somebody to get their food and to have housing and they have to interact with people. And if you talk to them long enough, you'll just find out that they were hurt somewhere along the line and They just don't want to be around people because they're scared of getting hurt in a relationship. I understand that. I've had relationships that hurt too. But the fact is, I believe that this world is craving is craving relationship. Just ask those in the entertainment industry and they will tell you if it does not have a love plot, it's not going to sell. Because we'll watch it if there's some little relational interest that happens, even if it's a twisting of the story. The writers will put it in because we are wired for relationship. God knows this because He created us. So number one, I believe we are going to worship somebody, so we might as well decide that we're going to worship the God of creation. Number two, I think that we are wired for a relationship. And we might as well be in a relationship, you know, Facebook stuff. You know, We might as well be in a relationship with the God of the universe. He has said in his word that he is coming back, and he's coming back very soon. And in fact, he needs more of us to be telling other people in our world, our world, my world, your world, your specific world, I'm I'm telling you. I'm not letting you off, saying, Oh, well, I can't go over to New Guinea. No, I'm talking about the people at your Starbucks. That's your world. The ones you see every week. Those are the ones God is calling you to, and He is saying you need to tell your world that there is a God who wants a relationship with them, and that because of that relationship, and that desire that he placed in them, that he is hoping that they will want a relationship back with him. Third thing, and this is one of my favorite, and when I think of my my dear wife and all the details that she has had to take care of in this move, details which bore her and which terrorize her, I'm glad to tell you that this morning as we were sitting having our worship we were sitting in in chairs that she had had fixed up. She had had a moment when she could be well recreative. Yes, we got these chairs from the thrift store and they were ugly. But she bought paint and now they're pretty. Okay, and she covered the cushions with new fabric. Yes, they were ugly, but now they're pretty. And she was able to do this this creative thing. And it brought her a lot of joy. My friends, we need the God of creation in our lives because he has put within us the desire to create The desire to do cool things. The desire to to write poetry, to write songs, to to build things. When you feel that desire coming up in you and you're upset because you have to go to a job where you just punch this and punch that and punch the other thing and it's meaningless, remember, your pastor told you, you were created to create. And that's that's the God of creation. So when the angel flies over over heaven, he has to tell you which God is calling you home. Which God is calling for your allegiance. Which God will save you. And there's only one. He is the God of creation. He is the God of creation. He's your father. He's the one who made you. And you know what? He's big enough. He's big enough to love every single one of us. He's big enough to to recreate in us uh, that desire to to want Him in our lives. Oh, my friends, listen. Uh, Don't leave here today. Don't leave here today without talking to Him. As we we play music, Where's, where's Melody? Melody, where are you? Come on up and 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 as as Melody Melody's gonna play something and it's called the postlude right is that you got a postlude ready you see and 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 I know that the tradition in this church has been that you know you just you know pick up and leave and if you need to that's fine but we give you the opportunity in the postlude to just sit and think it's free not gonna charge you any extra But it gives you the opportunity to just say to God, you know, God, I need you. I need you more than ever before. This week, God, uh, when I say, begin to say those things, I want you to remind me that you love me. And that, that you're a big God and that you can take care of me and that I don't need to say those things. As my wife has uh, said to me, you can choose better words. Gentlemen, sometimes we need to hear that. You can choose better words. Or you can just not talk. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. No, I, I'm, I, am so, I am so hearing that from God. You would say, but preacher, you're a preacher. No. There are times when the preacher man says... It's time to be still and know that I am God. And church gives you one of those opportunities. So as we as we hit that as we hit that moment now as we come to a conclusion in our service today, I just ask that you would prayerfully seek God's intervention in your life. That you would connect with the big story and you would say, "God, I'm alive because of you today." I'm alive. What do you want? What do you need me to do this week? What do you need me to create? I leave you with this last story. It's about a big God. I'm thinking about what it takes. Maybe I'm at prayer meeting. I'm going to be a goody two shoes right now. I'm at prayer meeting. And we pray, Oh God, Please help us all to get home safely. Raise your hand if you've prayed that prayer. All right. Now I want you to think about what is it going to take God to answer your prayer positively and do so without forcing anybody else to do anything that they don't want to do. Yeah, there's a man in a bar. He's about to leave. But God tells his wife, call your husband. He pulls out his cell phone, and instead of getting on the road when he was going to, he is delayed 30 seconds. And therefore, he did not crash into you half-drunk. Yes, God helped you to get home safely. Come on now, come on. Mm-hmm. Start thinking about the millions and millions of things that God is going to have to orchestrate in order for you to get home safely from church. You see what I see why I'm saying I need a big God. I need a God who can take care of all of those things because I don't want to die on the way home from church. The God of creation loves you and he wants to walk with you this week and he will orchestrate things so that you can be a blessing to other people this week if you will let him.